Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like Joker-esque laughter. Well, There's no reason. You all, no, you are breathing funny. Oh, no. Nah, I, I, I never noticed when you're on or, or not. It's, it's like, you know when you answer the phone and Skype and like there's just like, you know, ethereal <laughs> silence? Yes. Just, I was just waiting to hear a noise. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then like, I, I, and then there's like, uh-oh. I never laugh so. like that. Well, you know, an important question to ask, though, before we get into this is, if given the choice, you have to spend the rest of your life with one of these people, which is it going to be? You have to choose one, remember. Is it going to be Amanda Waller? Is it going to be Tarantula? Or is it going to be Baby Doll? This sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> is there, did you asked me a Baby Doll question before. Uh, Amanda, hmm. Why am I taking so long to, to decide this? I don't, know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't I don't really. I don't really like Baby Doll. Well, I like that first episode. Um, Tarantula. Like, not that, I, mean, I read that, that Nightwing run where she featured heavily. It's, it's, it wasn't like every single issue she was sexually abusing men. But she, I, do, I do know that's in, that's in her arsenal. That's, that, that's a, an arrow in her quiver. Um, would Amanda Waller do that to me? I showed her, I think. <laughs> she, she would, uh, she said something I would not be able to move for years. Oh, dear. Um, if, I had, if I was stuck with any person... Maybe Tarantula. <laughs> wow. She could teach me Spanish. Okay. Or, well, shouldn't you already know it? You could yeah. be more Yeah, well, like, more, more so than that. that. She, would, she would help me in my conjugation, which I'd blow at. There you go. Okay, well. What about you, Amanda, oh. Amanda Waller? Amanda Waller, who and who? And Baby Doll? I think that Tarantula or Baby Doll. The baby doll, I'm afraid, uh, would still, it'd be hard to, you know, this reminds me of um, an SVU where okay. where there was uh, a girl that suffered from that disease and like her boyfriend was older, obviously. And so the guy got arrested. I don't know if you remember this, but the guy got is, arrested. Is a recent one? Was Stabler on this episode? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't think I've, I don't think I saw it. Okay, yeah, it was the dream team was still on at that point. Ah, okay. But like they were sort of arguing, uh, arguing statutory rape. But you know she was actually older. And at the very end, they get together, and you can see Benson like being really upset about it. But it sort of reminds <laughs> me of that. Um, out of the three of them, I'd probably pick Amanda Waller. Probably I die. Um, she'd probably get fed up and like crack me, and then I'd be dead. But <laughs> she's the least. <laughs> I think it would be an interesting. I mean, she does, you know, push you. Even in her her love, she will push you. So maybe. Well, baby doll, like she would just get on your damn nerves. I think. <laughs> maybe I just don't know. I guess Tarantula just frightens me more than Amanda Waller does. Amanda Waller is like a severe your boss kind of frightening, and Tarantula is just like she kind of scares me. Amanda Waller is like <laughs> anyway. a step below uh, Alonzo Harris. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaking. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute... Something new has been added. That girl. 
modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy wonder, I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Cape Crusader. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gato, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. Stella Tay, I'm your host, Stella, and this is Backward to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 113. That is the shipper special number five for February MMXVI. I, why do I keep, this is the fifth time I've had you on for this? Yes. There's something wrong. I love shippers. Let me tell you about shippers. Get over your own shipping bullshit. Let, let me tell you about shippers. <laughs> get over get get over your own shipping bullshit. Shipper. I love shippers. 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 Let me tell you about shippers. Stop talking. Shipper. Ship ship shippers. I love shippers. Dick and Babs. Dick 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 and Babs. Batman and Cat Catwoman. There we go. For the shippers, Batman's married to the Joker. To the Joker. There better not be Damien said, 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 any shippers, I'll kill them. Dick and Bats. Oh, Batgirl the Oracle is brought to you by Pop Culture Acid David. Movies, TV, comics, music. Pop Culture Affidavit has it all. It's everything random in the world of popular culture, and it's all covered by me, Tom Panneries. New episodes drop monthly at 2TrueFreaks.com, and be sure to check out blog posts about random pop culture topics at PopCultureAffidavit.com. Pop Culture Affidavit, the sworn testimony of a dork. Backroll the Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, that's okay, because Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. Examples of the prices you may encounter are April's Backroll 51 and Gotham Academy number 17, both for $2.69. 
So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. Batgirl the Oracle is a proud member of the Batman Universe family of podcasts. Hashtag TVU family. <laughs> DJ Dustin. <laughs> DJ Dustin. <laughs> yes. Well, that was my idea, you know. I was the one who came up with that. But anyways, I... you know, you've heard this guy in the background already. Brother Power the Greek. Geek. Bro- <laughs> Brother Power the Geek. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, it's been five. This is the fifth time that we've been on. We've been through anime. We've been through cartoons, obviously. We've been through Comics, graphic novels. Yes, yep. And here we're getting to sort of uh, a great one. We won't spoil yet what that is, but welcome back to you, sir, Donovan Morgan Grant. Thank you very much. Uh, this is kind of like your uh, if you if BTO were a uh, an ongoing comic title, this would be the annual. Which is kind of oh, cool. Yeah, very true. And you were and, worried, weren't you, that the Shag, the Shag Matthews, is going to take your place on this? The Shag. Yeah, I was just about to say because I, I still smell him. Oh, anyway. no. I, 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 I smell his uh, his uh, hair gel, oh. and I smell his glasses gel. Oh dear! And it's just just a, a foul, repugnant stench that um, I'm legitimately you hear that blowing away right now. Oh my god! <laughs> what is that? That is my um my shag smell oh. uh, destabilizer. Okay, okay. Um, I don't even know how to how to recover from that. Uh, well, this is actually a very special one. I was sort of going back and forth on what to do this year. I knew it was going to be something that was actually related to DC Comics. Thought about Young Justice, and then sort of an idea popped into my head to do something that could be crazy and big. And I think it's all those things. And it's talking about the Batman animated series and picking shippers from there. And so it's not only the animated series, but it's also the new Batman adventures, the Batman Beyond series, and then the three films, Mass of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, and, well, I guess four films technically, Mystery of the Batwoman and then Return of the Joker. So basically anything oh, within right, that right. sort of Batman the animated series continuity. Um, so when I first put this idea forth, what what were your thoughts coming out of the gate, Don? I was so scared. No, actually, like like we were kind of like like hustling mm-hmm. back and forth, and yeah. it, it kind of came down to like, would you like to do BTAS or Young Justice? And at the time, they've been releasing the original Batman uh, Adventures comics and trade paperback, and I've been collecting those. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, at the moment we were talking, I was really really into those comics and really into the show again. As though I'm never not. And, like, uh, I was down to do Young Justice. You know, I love Young Justice. But mm-hmm. it has been a while since I've seen it when the show ended. So I was, like, legitimately like, oh, I'll do whatever you want. But I was crossing my fingers for Batman. Oh. And he says, I think we should do Batman. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. And it's it's – I feel like it's such a big undertaking when you think of, you know, how many episodes there are. And once you start going through them and seeing all of the relationships that there are – it was rather daunting for me because I had a huge list, and then little by little, I, I you know, I started rewatching and whittling them down and feeling like this isn't, you know, right for me, and and you know what this list is going to come out with, and I think it's especially fun, and I'm looking forward to this episode in particular because in the past we've had some crossovers with our, you know, with our thoughts. I think the first one, we were pretty good. I think maybe just one, one or two maybe uh, <laughs> crossed over. Robotech, I think, was pretty diverse. 
And then our <laughs> last one, Uran, I think we had some repeats as well. But with something as large spanning and long running as this particular series, I think there are more options and more uh, creative differences <laughs> that we are going to have. So I'm sort of wringing my hands in anticipation <laughs> of uh, what this is going to be like. Well, I mean, I don't know how it actually is for you, but like I, you know, growing up with Batman the Anime Series, as much of us, many of us did, mm-hmm. like a lot of these episodes, I mean, I really didn't forget about a lot of them, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like I can literally name any episode of the original Batman anime series and the new Batman Adventures and tell you, you know, the title of the episode, what, what happens, like, like not word for the dialogue, but I'm extremely familiar with this show. So it was just a question of which one has the best are the best episodes of romance. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get into later, like, you know, how that kind of ended up being defined in certain ways, but it was definitely a new, I thank you for giving me a new way to look at the series. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, should we just dive into it, you know, without any further ado? I think I personally, if I can, if the guest can make a request, mm-hmm. then I would like you to go first. Okay. Because I, I want to see what the, uh, I want to kind of you know outline the rubric of your of your mania and your mindset going okay. into this. Okay, sounds good. That means that you'll be the last number one though too, so I, I can only shock you once. Uh, well, I do have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, things that I I guess I was weak and I didn't cut down my list enough, but I felt like there were just a couple that I really wanted to include. And one of them, and there are no sound clips. By the way, listeners, you've been with us. This is the fifth time here. After each mention of of these romances, we'll have a sound clip detailing, you know, I guess a a big moment or the perfect moment that sort of encapsulates uh, that particular romance. And I think it would be good, Don, to sort of give an introduction of what that sound clip is just because it's so out of context. Uh, as we go through, but these two honorable mentions don't have sound clips with them. The first one is Harley and Ivy, um, okay. which which aired January eighteenth, nineteen ninety three. I, I and that was episode fifty six of season one. And the Joker he ends up firing Harley probably the first of fifty times, and she ends up going on a crime spree of her own and joins up with Poison Ivy, and then the two live together for a short time and become. Uh, Gotham's queens of crime, much to the Joker's fury, and I'm not shipping them romantically, uh, but I just could. think it's well. Well, I, and I guess I should say we. I probably should have said this at the top, but you know, shipping for me is not only romantic, though. That certainly I try to pull that you know out as much as possible. But I think like familial, like father son, I consider sort of shipping like Batman and and Robin. Good relationships. Or, yeah, exactly. Or um, friend relationships. Like, this is something I would see as, you know, like gal pals. So this is one of those things. And I just liked sort of a, a positive message that Ivy was in a kind of a negative way, but, you know, just trying <laughs> to tell her to be her own girl and to not be, you know, beat around and, and falling around Joker all the time. And I just thought, like, that's sort of – it's uplifting, you know, to hear that from somebody else for Harley and just fun escapades that they were getting themselves into. So that's why. that It was on my list, but I ended up cutting it for uh, for something else. Do you have oh. any thoughts on the Harley and Ivy? You know, that's actually one of those episodes that when I was a kid, it kind of did nothing for me. But when I was a little older, like a teenager, and got mm-hmm. the uh, – the DVDs, I had a newfound appreciation for it because I think when I was young, like I had this idea that Harley and Ivy were always friends. Then I realized, wait, Harley was a character from the cartoon first and they, mm-hmm. this is originating that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And this is kind of cool seeing them bounce off. And like, even though Harley 
Ivy is definitely the straight man to Harley's antics. They genuinely like each other. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of cool seeing, like, you know, no matter how silly or stupid Harley gets, Pamela kind of takes care of her. Mm-hmm. And when the Joker comes by, and, like, you know, strong arms her. Poison Ivy beats up the Joker and then those those guys. And I, I actually like the line where she's like, no man can take us prisoner. And then Renee Montoya has a rocket launcher. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, oh. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Uh, so that's my my one, and then my only other one was the Cat and the Claw, the two parter, and this was so close to making my list, but I decided to not. Aww. And it came out September fifth and twelfth, nineteen ninety two, and episode fourteen and fifteen, in season one. And basically, it's the first encounter between Batman and this new cat burglar. Catwoman, and then at the same time, Bruce is also meeting Selena Kyle, and then at the same time, this Red Claw group is going around, and it's just sort of it's the beginning of this wonderful romance <laughs> between them, with, between Bruce and Selena, and of course, really more between Batman and Catwoman. So uh, that's why I love it so, but it didn't quite make the list. Would you say that? I mean, I was obviously if we exclude Batgirl, mm-hmm. is Catwoman uh, a favorite? Uh, a female character in the animated series for you? I would say yes. Okay, okay. Is is that Cat in the Claw your favorite Catwoman episode? It is not. Okay, okay. I was the, I was hanging in suspense what that might be for another day. <laughs> yeah, for another day. Uh, okay. Oh, I know what it is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. But now on to the main event, and so this is what Don and I perceive as our top five. Good romances, and I'm saying good right now because later on in the episode, we're going to treat you to something that we've never done before. Sweet and sour. Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with number five. I was I'm going to go first since it was um, the guest choice to make me go first, and this is a personal favorite episode of mine. Not my number one, but a personal, a very close. Tiger, tiger. I knew it. Oh, yes. oh gosh! So air date was October thirtieth, ninety two, and it was episode forty two of season one. Batman, you're hurt. Uh, it's nothing. How did you get away from Dorian? He didn't try to stop me. He knows there's no way off this. What is it? <gasps> Don't hurt him. Why? Batman's done nothing to you. He's my enemy, and my father's enemy. When I prove I'm best, you'll be mine. No, I can't be one like that. But my father said... He's wrong. Search your feelings, Tybris. You know he's wrong. I'll be stuck like this forever. Would that be so bad? You could stay here with me. Oh, Tybris. I can't live like this. I have to be human again. Goodbye, Selena.
Wait. Won't you come with us? There's nothing for you here. There's nothing for me anywhere. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? So this is the little synopsis. Selena Kyle is kidnapped by the villainous genetic engineer, Dr. Emil Dorian, and becomes his latest experiment to provide his man-cat hybrid named Tigress with a mate. Batman learns of this and comes to the island to rescue Selena. He's captured and forced into a deadly game of cat and mouse as Tigress hunts Batman through the island's jungles. So I love this on several different levels, and then I'll talk about, you know, a clip I gave, but... First and foremost, I think it is the Catwoman-Batman romance that happens here and just him going and traveling to find her and being really distraught, almost aghast, you know, at her Turn appearance. Turn it into a furry. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then she is equally, when she comes of mind, because in the beginning she sort of doesn't really know who he is, but she's also ashamed. And then, you know, them working together and her really, even in her furry form, they're, you can feel, like, the love is palpable, man. The love is palpable. Oh. So that's one of my, my things. And then my other level is the Tigress and Catwoman Chipper, to be honest. I mean, between you and me, I would totally date Tigress. Um, <laughs> and it's just, you know, he's he's kind of bred into this this beast that goes after Catwoman and feels like, you know, if he's the best, then he deserves to have her. And she's teaching him, you know, that's not really the way. And he, and in the end, he does what is right. He saves his, his creator and then he wants Catwoman to stay with him. But she says, you know, she can't do that. And he ends up sacrificing his own happiness to, to give that medicine to her and then goes off and, and is by himself. So there's also this really tragic feel about the whole thing. I just think it's a really well-developed episode from start to finish. Um, just so many different areas that it goes into and, and just growth of, I mean, that's one of the wonderful things about this series uh, is just growth from of characters in 22 minutes. And you certainly see that, I think, in, in Tigress and everything. So it's just, it's a strange episode, I think. Um, just because, yeah. <laughs> you know, Catwoman does turn into an animal form. But uh, one of my personal favorites, and that's why it's number five. And the clip I'm, I'm giving you here is an interaction between Catwoman and Batman and then Tigress pops in and he says you know I'm the best I deserve to have you and she sort of uh, tells him that's not right and then it cuts and I gave you the very end where he actually does sacrifice his happiness or his desire to have Selena with him the entire time and then walks away and is destined to be alone forever so those are the two clips there so yeah what do you think about Tiger Tiger <laughs> it's a little too gooey for my taste <laughs> I like it. It's not in my top like ten favorite episodes, but it's a perfectly good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know, Stella, mm-hmm. that there is a, a sequel to the story of comics? No, I forget which issue it is, and I don't want to get up. <laughs> but um, okay, in the Batman uh, Adventures, uh, what is the Doctor's name? The Doctor's name is Doctor Dorian. Yep. He and Tigress come back, <gasps> and they they team up in some way. I say team up, but quote unquote with. Uh, 
Kirk Langstrom, Man Bat, mm-hmm. and also the guy who was the Wolfman in the in the Moon Whoops episode. Oh, and they kidnap uh, Selena Kyle again, trying to turn oh. her into a monster. And it's a pretty big monster story. It was actually kind of cool. I suggest you seek that out. Oh, I have to. How was Tigris in it? Um, he was as noble. I, I, he actually broke off from Doctor Dorian. It was okay. he was kind of a, a solo opera, operator trying to save her from him. And I think he sought out Batman while, like you know, the Wolf guy and Kirk Lansom were kind of on their own. So it was an interesting, like 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 splitting of characters. Mm. So he was still a good guy, and I believe they're still alive by the end of it. So oh gosh, yep. <laughs> There's that. But no, I, I, I like Tiger Tiger. I, I remember it being very poetic. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice animation. It's kind of a it, honest, honestly when when I start to think Selena Kyle was turned into a gigantic cat, it's kind of a sixties Silver Age Batman kind of story, but done very very uh, kind of like like a thirties pulp story. Mm-hmm. Like like she's kind of chained up in like a King Kong kind of way, and there's a, there's obviously Doctor Moreau right right there. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually has a lot of things going on. Like the story, I think I don't say the story is silly, but the story is very uh, out there. But it's made very, very dramatic in a very cool way. So I think that it's a very uh, noteworthy addition to this uh, shipper list. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's a gigantic dramatic uh, tonal shift from that episode to my number five. <laughs> so uh, I guess we shall go on to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay. Um, number five, I've chosen uh, an episode from... The new Batman Adventures, okay. um, one that you know originally they wanted to call Gotham Knights, and I can't still call Gotham Knights. So it's a cool mm-hmm. name. Aired November seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Beware the Creeper. Oh boy. <laughs> Booga booga. <laughs> Ooh, feisty cookie. I like her. That's right, Mama. Heard me. I've been bad. Knock it off, creep. Creep. <sighs> well, you are agile. I'll give you that. And what else will you give me? Come here and see. It's kind of a dark horse choice because this is a really wacky, cartoony, crazy, funny, silly episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is essentially like a, an origin story for Jack Ryder, a.k.a. The Creeper, who, if you guys don't know, was uh, co-created by Steve Ditko, the co-creator of Spider-Man. Um, Dustin. So, <laughs> so um, he is hosting – he's a television reporter, and he's hosting a special on the Joker's origin story. Uh, little does he know that the Joker is there to you know make some trouble and actually dumps him into – the vat of uh, acid at Ace Chemical Plant while he's already infected with the Joker toxin. There's a fight and explosion, and they think that he's dead, but he actually turns into the Creeper, who is a yellow-skinned, green-haired, super-enhanced, kind of like freakazoid maniac. He wants revenge on the Joker, but that gets uh, waylaid by the fact that once he sees uh, Harley Quinn, the Joker's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. he goes gaga and is madly in love. (laughs) I love this. Meanwhile, uh, because this is like the Joker's seventh anniversary of being the Joker, Harley's trying to throw a uh, birthday party for him. And then, like, one of the saucier scenes of the show uh, shows up in, like, this gigantic, like, it's like a lemon meringue pie or something. She's implied, oh, to, be, yeah. she's implied to be, like, wearing nothing but her, her cowl and her mask. And, um, and I like how they play the Joker as completely work-obsessed over Batman that, like, he really... 
his sexuality is completely blunted. So she she's throwing really really strongly direct uh, innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat, but um, I do like the fact that he, he's oh find out so whoever's like you know ripping me off, and he says you know he, he tastes a, tastes a has a taste of her pie, and is like really like ugh sweet kid but a lousy cook like I like that joke a lot. So this this kind of ends up in a Looney Tunes esque chase where mm-hmm. Batman is chasing the creeper who's chasing the Joker and also Harley at the same time. And it's a very wacky zany Looney episode, very lighthearted, but. I, I included it here because the Creeper's uh, at least crush on Harley is fairly genuine. I, he, he doesn't really have any Ill, Ill intentions towards her. Like he's not like you know he's not a bad guy at all. Although he causes a lot of damage, and I thought that qualified as a pretty good shipper moment. And it was hard for me to include a lot of the Harley and Joker moments because that's such a horrible relationship. Absolutely. But I think that like her inclusion into you know giving him a a birthday pie done undone. Um, was it a nice addition to make this more of a shipper episode in totality? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool, and I think that, I, I think that like this is a this is actually one of my favorite episodes because it is really really funny. And uh, the guy who voices the creeper, Jeff Glenn Bennett, he went on to voice the Joker in Batman: Brave and the Bold, and I really really like his Joker. I think he's really really excellent. He actually he also voiced Dexter's dad in Dexter's Laboratory, which I love. But uh, now that this is a pretty funny episode, uh, pretty zany, and there are definitely romantic moments to snuggle up with her sweetheart to watch over. Uh, so yeah, beware the creeper. I quite I quite like this. Yeah, it, it, you know this almost made my list, and it would have been funny had it because when I, I think it did. Like this, what'd you say? I was worried if it did. I I uh, had it been on my list, my take on it would have actually been the creeper and harley yeah 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 totally that's, that's because yeah because he you know he goes gaga over her and whenever i see this i i almost really think to myself man harley why can't you go for creeper because even though he's you know crazy and the way that he he sort of throws himself at her he's so much more loving in his attention towards her. And I feel like she's getting, you know, what she deserves, but she's got to go for the bad guy, you know, who's, <laughs> I guess as every girl has her bad guy in her lifetime, that the Joker is hers. So it's a bit of a bummer when I see that, you know, Joker or creeper and Harley never get together, but had it made the list, I would have said, <laughs> watch it because of creeper and Harley. Oh yeah, Stop. this this is a favorite. I actually remember when this first aired. This aired the week that Bob Kane died, and I remember it having oh. like a uh, "Rest in Peace, Bob Kane" tag at the end. And that's never been repeated. Like in, it's not in the DVDs or anything. So I, I do remember it for that. That's but uh, that's kind of a downer compared to this Lovey episode. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my number four is something that I. <laughs> Eagerly waiting. Something that I I put it on my list is tentative, and I mm. thought to myself, I don't think it's going to make it. And then I rewatched, and I thought, oh wait, this is more than I expected, and so it actually made the list. So my number four is Sub Zero. Not to be confused with the Mortal Kombat character from 1998, and it was a direct-to-video film. I thought you wanted to dance some more. I do, but, um, first I wanted to ask you something. What? Well, I, I was wondering... What? You want to go up the coast for the weekend? Sure. With who? <laughs> With me. Oh. There's a jazz festival up in Rockport, and there's all kinds of stuff going on at the beach. Sounds fun. I'd love to. 
Really? Hey, that's great! Victor Freeze, he returns to Gotham after his wife's containment is damaged and she needs a transplant to continue living. And Barbara Gordon is found to be the perfect match and she's kidnapped. And then we have Robin, Dick Grayson Robin, and Batman on the search to find her. And I recalled, I recalled scenes, specifically the dancing scene between her and, between Barbara and Dick. But I didn't really think it was as heavy as when I watched it. Um, and heavy meaning like there are more shipping moments. And once I watched it and had that nice moment where she's out traipsing around and uh, <laughs> talking to what, well, you know, like she's traipsing as and she's doing her job as Batgirl and Jim and Dick are, are talking about Barbara and, you know, Jim is almost giving this like fatherly advice she's to him. Too good about, for you know, I know it's just settling down and then they, she finally comes and then they just had this really sweet moment out on the balcony and he says, you know, do you want it? Which is what my clip is on the balcony. He says, you want to come up um, for the weekend? I can't remember where the place is. Uh, and then you can't hear it obviously on, on the audio clip that I'll give you, but they have this like nice tender moment where like he has his arm around her and everything. And then, of course you do have later on the, the dance moment and just him constantly, um, trying to find her and being very frenetic about that. I just thought makes for a very awesome and, and perhaps one of the few, I would say there are only a couple Dick and Babs moments throughout the animated series totally, uh, yeah. that, that are this, you know, blatantly obvious. And, you know, I was watching this, I thought to myself, this is all, this feels out of continuity with the animated series because it just seemed like something leapt, something jumped and all of a sudden they were boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and I, I missed sort of the segue, but where, where that happened. Mm -hmm. But, but otherwise just a very sweet uh, moment. And I think, in their lives and it's it's depicted well in this and one of the reasons why i really love dick and babs and i think it, it the sweetness and the tenderness uh really showed up there so that's why sub-zero is my number four pick yeah i, I knew it was gonna be here somewhere <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well because it is, it is like you know the strongest uh example of the dick and babs romance that they that they didn't have at all in the initial series kind of showed in like a blink of an eye in this movie and then right. ended up kind of getting away from it in the new episodes. And it's funny because like you say that like they don't do it much at all. They really don't in like the episodes of Batman the animated series where Dick and Barbara like Dick and Barbara not Robin and Batgirl interact. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're certainly classmates but they're kind of like they I mean they seem to be friends but kind of like jokey friends. Right. And in the comics like they seem to be kind of like uh, educational rivals. Like, the, mm -hmm. like, there's an issue where they both take a criminolo crim criminology class, and they're both, like, one-upping each other on, like, answers, which I think is actually kind of cute. Like, they're not, they're not being romantic, but it's an interesting interaction where, like, they're two, like, uh, educational rivals. And then, in this movie, they're, like, going steady hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, this movie is, like, very, very Dick and Babs heavy. It kind of drives the story. And my favorite moment in this, well, first of all, I really like that chase scene where Dick is just, like, aggressively oh going after gosh. her on the motorcycle. Yes. Like, breaks his ribs, trying to chase Freeze. Oh, yeah. Later on, uh, near the end, in, in the third act, when she's trying to zip line down to the lower level, and, like, there's an explosion, she kind of falls down. I love that moment where Robin and Batman are, like, trapped 
in that kind of room. Mm-hmm. And you hear Dick's like just kind of scream, Barbara! And he kind of goes nuts. He's like, we gotta get out of here. Like, he's, he's yeah. flipping out. I really like Lauren Lester as Robin. You don't see that mm-hmm. much, like, kind of, like, frantic emotion out of the character. Mm-hmm. Because, because the series just really didn't give him many chances to do that often. So that was mm-hmm. my favorite moment from the, from the movie. And I think that, like, because uh, I don't know, I, don't, I think the production team just weren't interested in their romance often. But I think that, like, in, in that case, the people who wrote this, this movie definitely were. I thought that really worked well for the story. It helped sell the idea of the romance. I think that some of Dick and Babs' best moments are actually in Sub-Zero. Absolutely. Yeah, so I didn't have that on my list, because I knew you would. <laughs> so I shall move on to my next one. My number four, uh, another bit of a dark horse, is from, I think, season two or three, Avatar. Father, you really are alive. Yes, Talia, I am alive. No thanks, I regret to say I due you for my current state of health. No, Father, you can't believe that. I only tried to save the man I love. You've got a serious priority problem, Raish. What can be in that tomb that's more valuable than the love of your daughter? Power, detective. The power once held by almighty Thoth Capera, queen of two continents. You surprise me, Raish. The world's oldest chauvinist chasing after a woman. Thoth Capera was not simply a woman, detective. Nor merely a ruler. Through her flowed the power of the gods. With no more than a gesture, she controlled the force of life and death. And with it, she kept a nation under her thumb for 1,000 years. You sound like a bad Saturday afternoon serial, Raish. This is sheer nonsense. No, detective. I know there is a power there to be tapped. My 600 years of life are proof of that power. Farewell, detective. Farewell, Talia. It is said that one finds immortality in one's offspring. Alas, I know that to be a lie. So Avatar sees the return of Ra's al Ghul. He is uh, mysteriously alive after his death at the hands of the Lazarus Pit. He didn't die. And he's, uh, he's searching for the hidden tomb of Thoth Kapara, who holds the secrets of life and death. And he says that like five times. Um, he's been searching for over like, like 500 years. And Batman teams up with Talia and goes across uh, the globe to track him down. And because she didn't know that he was still alive. And she's hurt because she feels that like he's ignored her. And she thinks that he feels she's betrayed him. And he does feel like she's betrayed him. Uh, I forget how or why. The reason I chose this is that there's a lot of the shipping comes from Talia and Raish with some mm-hmm. obvious like Bruce and Talia shipping because the, the 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 emotional crux of it it really is Raish and Talia's feelings for each other you know their familial feelings because mm-hmm. he's really I don't know when the last time we saw this episode he's really burned by her uh, and like leaves her leaves her like kind of like basically die with with Batman like he feels straight up betrayed because um, I forget if she helped him stop his plans in their first episode but whatever is this um, post demon's quest then yeah this yeah yeah, yeah okay okay which was like his two-part uh, intro episode is this uh, this is where they go to morocco and it's kind of like a readers of the lost ark kind of take off batman and talia show up just in time to see his like soul getting absorbed by the zombie oh, <laughs> yeah. para. and um she saves his life and batman like 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 uh he squats like 300 pounds and gets that gigantic statue off. I thought that was my most memorable part. But um, like, there's this line about 
Talia being torn between her father and and Batman, and, and Batman's like, you know, he I consider him my greatest enemy, but we both uh, agreed on our feelings for you, which I hope not, but you know, <laughs> um, and at the end, um, uh, the day is saved, and uh, they're all kind of cameling it back to civilization, and Talia like looks at uh, Raish and Ubu and the henchmen, they're all tied up. And she's like, so what's going to happen to my father? Oh, he's going to jail. You better believe that. And then she pulls a gun at him and says, oh, I'm sorry, beloved, but he is my father. And just ditches him in the middle of the desert, <laughs> which is a pretty strong and cold uh, ex- yeah. proving her love for her father. Mm-hmm. And Rach is like, ha, 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 another time, detective. It's, it's, it's a very interesting episode, and I feel like she nearly left him to die. Mm-hmm. Like 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 the daughter of Ming the Merciless kind of take off. Like she's not the daughter to, of the bad guy to be seduced. She is a femme fatale in her own right, and she'll do what she's. And if that means proving proving her love to her father, putting Batman in a situation where she was, she's not him, yeah, kind of put him no in a bad, in a bad. Spot. I think that's really cool. And ooh, saved by giving a bottle of water. But uh, that, I think that actually this a pretty cool shipping episode. And I actually recommend people rewatching because it it's actually it's a pretty cool episode. And I love Rachel Ghoul, so there's that as well. Talia could have given him some motor oil, and then it could have been like uh, James Bond. <laughs> Quantum <laughs> solid, yeah. Batman was found with, with uh, two bullet holes in his head and, and a stomach full of motor oil. <laughs> yeah. Well, this didn't make my list. Cool. I think, uh, yeah, I think it is good that that hasn't happened. I think, you know, thinking of the sort of the quintessential Batman and Talia, I always, I think, go for a Demon's Quest there. But I get where you're saying. I like how you did this because it's sort of chafing the lines between, you know, shippers, right? You've got her devotion to her father and then her love uh, for Batman and, and where does she lie. And if I may, it reminds me of Antigone, uh, the Greek play, right, where um, Antigone has this, this conundrum of does she follow her, her father's orders, the king's orders, or does she, you know, bring and does she bury her, her brother's body, you know, so – duty or familial ties that's the, the problem here but yeah no i think that that's it's hard I, I i can't really put my finger on who talia is i think she's a very quizzical character because she clearly does love batman but you know her duty to her father all usually i don't want to say always but usually outweighs that love um mm-hmm. and i don't yeah do, do you think there's anything Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think because it's not Oedipal. I guess it'd be Electra, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how you would like like uh, course that term, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's? I mean, is it just father daughter? Do Do you think there's anything like psychologically that she has any sort of romantic notions towards her father? You know, I don't really think so. There's a website I really, really love that kind of like has these kind of. Uh, quasi essays on the, on the uh, Batman, uh, the DCAU Batman episodes, and they talked about the epilogue, not epilogue, but a uh, Batman Beyond episode out of the past. Mm-hmm. And they they said in that episode there are some strong incestual overtones, undertones, which I I honestly don't pick up. But I think that like, it, I suppose it can be investigated and routed out. I personally have not really done the work or even thought about that way. But I'm not denying that it might be there because I th- because Rachel Ghoul and Talia, they really are a, a part of a, kind of an archetype, you know. Like they're kind of like a Buck Rogers, uh, uh, Doc Savage kind of villains, like you know the foreign uh, mystic ruler and his and his lovely daughter, who the hero must fall in love. Like that that 
they are kind of those stereotypes, but they come out – they were so interesting in their first appearances that they've really become great characters mm-hmm. from the get-go. So I, don't, I think that Talia is a lot more than that. So I don't know. I think that, I think the implication might be there somewhere, but I don't really think so, to be honest. And, I, and I'm, not, yeah. I'm not opposed to like you know going that dark in my thoughts, but I don't honestly think so. Okay. Well, now on to my number three. And number three, I remember seeing, I think maybe I rented it, maybe it was on TV, but it was very impactful, and the butterflies were heavy. They're floating around when this particular thing came up. And it is the 1993 film, Mask of the Phantasm. (laughs) Woo, brother. I read about your anonymous exploits this morning, and I'm sure you won't reconsider rugby sorry alfred but the plan is working i had the edge i could feel it there was only one thing wrong they weren't afraid of me i've got to strike fear in them from the start pardon master bruce but we may want to postpone the shop talk as it were i believe you have a visitor hi hey what happened to you trip over some loose cash it's been three days since we met and still no calls I figured you must be dead or something. You expect every guy you meet to call you up? The ones that are smart enough to dial a phone. <laughs> what is that? Jiu-jitsu. Gesundheit. That was a joke. Jiu-jitsu is no joke. It takes years to master. Hey! Got a few moves of my own. Miss Hovey's self-defense class for girls. Oh, he laughs. Nice footwork. Can you dance too? Yes, so (laughs) crime bosses get killed off, Batman's blamed, an ex-girlfriend returns, a.k.a. Andrea Beaumont, and a... A.k.a. Lois Lane. I know. And a mysterious angel of death appears. So, flashback... I really like... When I rewatched this, I thought, man, this is so good. We delve into sort of a different side of Batman's origin um, in his late teens um early 20s you know and him sort of sorting out what he's going to do and how he's doing and everything and then you know meanwhile we have this this love interest and i just love the scenes with them together i love that he he takes himself way too seriously and she sort of comes in there breaks the ice she's sarcastic and she's able to liven him up and he's just a different bruce wayne than we see really that you know well you know we see the playboy bruce wayne and then, you know, as Batman, he's he's very serious, and she's able to really make him love life and, and not feel this weight of the guilt from, you know, his vow to his parents and, and things like that. So, yeah, they're just great moments. And then, of course, you know, it's tragic in the end when you find out that Andrea Beaumont is, the, you know, the phantasm. And uh, I know. Well, I figure people... Seen it, so what can we do? And then, you know, she quote-unquote dies, but not really. But it's also just tragic in the sense that, once again, we see that there's another failed relationship. Not necessarily because of Batman, but certainly, you know, it's a side effect in some part from his life because, you know, his beliefs did not align with hers. 
And it's just sad to not have him because I, I, I do wish that he would have a happy life. Even on the comic cast, I'm like super mm-hmm. hoping that they don't kill off Julie Madison and then my two cohorts keep telling me they're going to do it. But uh, yeah, the, the clip that I have is, I guess, maybe their second or third interaction, maybe. Uh, but he's practicing. It's not Tai Chi because she says, God bless you. You just it is jujitsu. Thank you. Uh, practices jujitsu and just uh, she again. She sort of just cracks or or cuts that that tension and and just this smog of seriousness. And then they have a nice little kiss. And I also another reason why the butterflies man. Now remember that Robotech movie we watched. Do you remember love? Yes. And then I pointed out to you, hey, I think they just spent the night together. And you were like, oh, wait. I think that <laughs> <laughs> even though it's very veiled, I think that he and Andrea spent the night together that second time because he wakes up. and Oh, totally. Yeah. He's in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah, his bedroom. Um, but so that was another reason. But uh, yeah, I just such chemistry between these two. Again, it explores a different part of the history. And, you know, it's tragic as well. So very well-rounded, but uh, very beautiful movie. Probably one of the best. I think a lot of people really like that movie. And, uh, yes, yeah, so that is why this is my number three. <laughs> okay. You don't um, like it? It's not on my list. Oh, um, oh my gosh. I actively avoided talking about this because I have intentions to do it on another podcast Oh, okay. that you might be familiar with. And that's all I'll say about that. But I will say that what? I think well, <laughs> you really don't know, do you? All right. I'll leave it as a surprise. Okay. But I will say that one of probably the best scenes in all of Batman and all of Batman, all of Batman media is him at his parents' grave, just, Begging for a way out because he feels happy and he's so guilty that he feels happy. And he's just trying to figure out how can I uphold the promise I made to you while still pursuing what what is right in front of me. It's, it's, it's one of the most human mm-hmm. and desperately sad Bruce Wayne moments that you'll, that's ever been done. And like, you know, it's, it's romantic in kind of like a, a secondary way. Mm-hmm. Like where she says, you know, maybe – Maybe they it was like I didn't plan on being happy. Is it's like uh, like tell me it's okay. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe they sent me. Like they kind of just embrace. It's like that is so sad. <laughs> oh, that movie. Oh my god. Do you do you remember when you first saw that film? I do. Did you see? Did you see it in theaters? It wasn't in theaters. I can't remember if I rented it from Blockbuster, which I I do recall renting Sub Zero and then like World. It wasn't World's Finest. Was that what it was called? That three-quarter with Superman? That was okay. That's, that's and I can't remember if I rented this or I found or I, like I caught it by accident on TV. But that it was a small screen for me. Yeah, well, in the in the other podcast in the in the near future, that I'll be talking about. I'll just say it here that like uh, I remember very I remember very viscerally getting the VHS, mm. which had like a mini the, the comic book adaptation uh, comic book inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie so much, and it also freaked me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, so. I mean, yeah, 
it was pretty crazy. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was, I was rewatching it. Well, obviously. And um, where the car at the very beginning, where the car jumps across the buildings, I was like, oh, Fast and Furious. Because Diesel wasn't in it, the guy doesn't survive. Yeah, unfortunately. But, yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know if uh, I had been so affected by a, um, since Wild Cards and probably Starcross had I been so affected by a. <laughs> a cartoon film. <laughs> I mean, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this again. Uh, it doesn't. It, it does bear repeating. It really is, honestly, the best Batman film there ever there's ever been. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I I love Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. I I love Batman Begins. And The Dark Knight is is right. I think Dark Knight's a better movie. I really like that as well. I mean, you know, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Bruce yeah. Tim. It's like you know, it's just like the cream of the crop right there. But that's all I'll say because as 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 I threatened. You'll be hearing that elsewhere, but not on BTO. But uh, I agree with your choice. I I, I just purposely um, that, that I, I was prejudiced against choosing this on my list. That's all I'll say. Okay. Okie dokie. My number three. My number three came to me in a dream. No, it didn't. But um. Oh my god. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was filling up my spot and I was still missing one. And like, I think I was driving one day. I was like, I, was like, I got it. This goes right here. One of my favorite episodes. It's not romantic but i think that you'll agree with like the the shippingness of it mm-hmm. and you know you know people on the internet could as well from the batman and robin adventures mm-hmm. seasons of the batman anime series uh second chance the van was registered to rupert thorne but harvey was in the sedan it was headed for stonegate the penguins in stonegate he's had a grudge against two-face for a while now maybe this is his revenge Sorry I wasn't able to stop him. I'm sure you did your best. Don't gush all over me. It's embarrassing. Sorry. Harvey's my friend. I'm worried about him. Right. And I'm just the kid in tights. I'll see you after I've checked out Thorn. Harvey Dent... AKA Two Face. He's about he's you know he's gone through his uh, psychological uh, mm-hmm. therapy, and everyone said you know you're good to go. You know you you've completely regressed the Two Face persona. Now all we need to do is fix your face, and the psychological trauma will be gone. But then gangsters show up, seemingly kill everybody in the room. Although the censor said that they don't, and um, kidnap him, saying the boss wants to show Dent some respect. Batman and Robin were pervertly watching the surgery above. Oh my uh, god! A glass rooftop. So the episode is basically, like, you know, who, and it's very, extremely noirish. You know, who kidnapped Harvey Dent? Robin investigates Rupert Thorne because in Two Faces' origin story, Rupert Thorne was a big cause of his problems. Batman investigates at Blackgate Prison the Penguin because of some off-screen rivalry they had. And super spoilers for a show well over twenty years old. Batman deduces, and this blew my mind when I was a kid. That Two Face kidnapped Two Face because the Two Face persona wanted to show Dent a little respect, you know. And then a third third act action scene ensues. Oh, this episode's great. This is actually one of my favorite episodes of all time, and because it's so the animation is really nice. It's very noirish. The action is terrific, but I love the relationship it, it depicts. It's twofold, ironically, because Batman is after all they've been through, he still really wants to help rehabilitate his best friend, Harvey. You know, we see a flashback of, of, of Harvey getting his face messed up and he feels horrible for that. Like, for some reason, he blames himself, but whatever. He figures out that, like, you know, Harvey, you know, he says, you're your own worst enemy, Harvey. But he's still trying to help him. He, he switches the, the, 
discard coin so that he can't make a decision and Harvey can, you know, let go of the coin trapping his brain. Unfortunately, Harvey, Harvey is so messed up that he just can't do that. But because of, like, Bruce's feelings over Harvey, it's actually causing a rift between his relationship with Robin. And this is actually a very interesting take on it because these days, again, like a Batman Robin Eternal or whatever, like, you know, whenever Robin screws up, like, you know, Batman will just, like, you know, scream in his ear and, like, you know, be mean to him. Like, these days, he's, he's almost kind of like a parent when, like, you know, Robin's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I couldn't catch up to that car. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sure you did your best. And Dick is actually the one that's like, you know, oh, God, you know, treat me like a kid or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I was actually, when I got the deal, I was like, did that really happen? That's a very, I've never seen that before in their relationship. And at the end, Batman, he says, like, no, go home. This is what I want to do alone. But, uh, like, as usual, Robin manages to save his bacon and, yeah. uh, and save him. And I love that moment at the end where Two-Face is going back to Arkham Asylum and you see the bad half of his face shadowed yeah. as Bruce Wayne watches him. And then you hear a little bit of Harvey Dent through the Two-Face voice saying, Bruce, good old Bruce, you're always there. You never give up on me. And he doesn't say anything. He just kind of, you know, gives him a smile, watches him go in the asylum. Then Dick is right there. It's like, you know, yeah, you never give up on him. Nope. Just like you're always there for me. Hey, what are friends for? And like, that's just, that is so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really love that. I think that Absolutely. just, I, I kind of went for like, I mean, I think that's actually the end of my list, but in terms of like this element, but I like episodes that show more than one uh, relationship mm-hmm. and exploring the different side of that. And I think this, this series was really great at that. So, uh, Second Chance is a great one. I remember, because the last season of the animated series, before they switched the designs, I actually do remember seeing, I was very, very young. I mentioned this on, on your show before about the Batgirl two-parter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw the, the Bane episode when it first aired, and I saw this episode. And I remember when it was revealed to be Two-Face, it, it was my first experience of having my mind blown. Mm-hmm. I was just completely like, what? What? So that was kind of cool. But no, I love this episode. Um, what are your thoughts on Second Chance? Clearly you hate it. No. <laughs> it's just been, some of these have been longer, so I have to wait for it. Like, some of them I know by their titles, and others I have to wait for the description, and I'll I'll know what it is. Well, I will comment on your blowing the mind. I think the one Two-Face episode that really blew my mind actually was The Judge, where he creates a third personality. The Judge, I knew that this oh, yeah. was in the, yeah, that one was because you, I don't know, it just didn't seem like that <laughs> was what's go- was going to happen, so that was completely out of left hand left field no i i completely i i like your choices that they're they're twofold um and it's apropos because you've got two face here and he loves twos right i love the the bruce and harvey relationship overall i think it's really captured well in this animated series but even though maybe it's unfounded guilt that that bruce feels i remember he flashes back to when you know harvey got douse in the face it's good that he's always there for him and always trying to rehabilitate him, uh, both as Bruce and as Batman. And I think something will really be lost if they ever change that relationship dynamic, you know, if Batman just stops caring about Harvey. So so I'm glad, you know, that this is like this. I remember uh, in the killing joke uh, in between you and I arguing. Oh, uh, <laughs> like you, you said that like the first part where Batman's going to talk to the Joker, you said that only makes sense in your head if it was Two-Face. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like it only makes sense, but like I, yeah. I, I see, I see your point of view. Where like you know, mm-hmm. you know, he feels it's, he just he just doesn't like the fact that like someone that he the genuinely it's not so much like you know I was using Harvey Dent as an accomplice to help put away criminals. Like he genuinely enjoyed his friendship. Absolutely. And seeing, 
it's, it's you know in the life of Batman, seeing a friend go to the dark side like that and get like Two Face is one of the most like 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 mentally ruined characters I think in fiction. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's it's it's really tragic. Like mm-hmm. and um, for Batman, I, I remember that in that order, like Two Face Part One, Part Two, he's like kind of just his the Bat Computer desk is kind of completely uh, adorned with. You know, uh, split personalities, study books, and psychological psychological books. He's having nightmares over it. And honestly, the more I think about it, the more sad it is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. great. It's great stuff. But um, oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just really, he is really one of my favorite villains because he brings out so much in Batman and so much in the uh, mm-hmm. in the comics. I, and plus, he's like Golden Age character, which which adds all of like noirish elements, which I always enjoy. Yeah, and then you you touch upon the the Robin and and Batman relationship, and yes. This is sort of something that I feel like now I've been reading more about just this manner of Batman where he sort of pushes Robin aside. And, you know, I felt like I I read it somewhat in in the Nightfall trilogy a little bit. And then now I feel like with Eternal as well, just where like he tries to deal with it on his own for whatever reason. It may be, you know, there may be a part of like a lack of trust that that may be unfounded um, or a mischaracterization of Batman or just like there's something internally really going on with him. And that's what I feel like is going on in this particular episode. Just like he does feel that guilt and he wants to help fix Harvey because he feels like he's the one that broke him. Um, and I'm glad because, uh, you know, that Dick Grayson was able to, to push back and show up again because I think mm-hmm. the the Dick Grayson in the comics, I feel, would be really disheartened at this and may not push, whereas Tim Drake would kind of do He'd be like, whatever, I'm going to do this. So I'm glad that here you, – you can, of course, correct me um, if you feel like that's different. But but here I'm glad that he pushed back and he realized that his friend and his father figure was in need and he was going to help him no matter what. And I'm glad that Batman did not lash out at him and get upset and then break that relationship, but it actually made it stronger. So good job picking a good one. <laughs> oh, I also say that – I in terms of Dick in this episode, I do like the fact that we saw both of their investigations and Dick, got, like he was kind of put in this death trap and got himself out of it. Mm-hmm. So you see how capable he is on his own and that, that, that lends credence to him becoming Nightwing later on. I'll just, I like Absolutely. that as well. Yeah. Well, now we're getting down there, aren't we? Are you going to pick another movie? <laughs> there are only two movies left. <laughs> <laughs> as well as two choices? So, maybe. Listeners of the first shipper special know that i really like the royal flush gang uh particularly when it comes to wild card and uh you know hawk girl and green lantern but i think there's also something special about the royal flush gang uh i think they're very intriguing villains donovan has no idea where i'm going with this uh this question marks all over my head I know. Uh, this is perhaps one of my favorite episodes of the Batman Beyond animated series. Oh, okay. And it's called Dead Man's Hand, and it was the eighth episode of the first season, and it oh, aired uh, March... Of course you would choose yes. that. Yes! Ow. And it aired March 20th, 
What is it? Nothing. Come on, something's bothering you, I can tell. It's my family. I... I think we're gonna be moving again. How soon? Real soon. A month? A week? I don't want to think that far ahead. Live for the moment, you know? Can I see you tomorrow night? Sure. But don't you mean tonight? Tonight, then. Same place, same time? Be there. I remember seeing this on TV. I remember when I got it, um, I got like the single DVD and I really liked this episode. And then for Christmas, my parents got me, you know, the full DVD set and I still love this. So Terry is dealing with the rejection by his girlfriend, Dana, and a group of Bruce's old enemies, the Royal Flush Gang, who pattern themselves after playing card ranks, of course. And things are looking okay, though, for Terry when he meets a girl named Melanie, who seems to share his problems about family and, and things like that. This episode ends with, you know, Bruce talking to uh, Terry about Catwoman, and just because they both bond over the fact that they sort of fell in love with or, or had a, a brief love affair with a villain. Well, it ends up that Melanie is actually... One of the royal flesh gangs. Ten. And sorry, what did yeah? What did I say? Did I, uh, say I, I don't know. I don't, oh, I, oh, she's ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe she's ten too, because Ace was the the robot automaton. Yeah. Uh. So and, and then he's heartbroken because, of course, she she lied to him, and she reappears later on in the series. But I love this relationship. Obviously, you know, I think people going into this series that know it um, want to make Terry and Dana their. Uh, the one true pair, right, the OTP. And as we see at the end of Justice League, um, he does propose to her. So that's it. But but I love this this briefling because they're connected, you know, on several different levels. They have this other side that they can't necessarily share with other people, um, sort of struggling with, uh, with family members to a certain extent. And then they both have this you know, date in the rain and they both feel like they're late because they're coming from their costumed adventures. And then they meet up and, and have this nice little uh, moment, which is what my clip is, you know, meeting up in the rain. But I, uh, I, I don't know. I really liked the Melanie character and I just liked the two of them together, even though, you know, it wasn't destined to be. And uh, maybe it is because of my fondness, you know, for Bruce and, and Catwoman that I like this sort of romance between, a hero and someone that could potentially, you know, be reformed and has goodness inside of them despite some of the things that they do. So this is why this is a number two and perhaps my favorite Batman Beyond episode. Oh, my favorite episode. <laughs> as you as you cackle. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I like this episode too. I don't know. Why in the world did I forget about this episode? It's um, best you did, so we're different. Yeah, actually, I, I, I do like that. I, I, I like the fact that at the end, Bruce is like, let me tell you about a woman named Selena mm-hmm. Kyle. It's like, oh, man, she, she is like his cat woman. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, she's always like, you know, not, not Robin Banks and stuff. But like, she's her own teenage. There's, right. The teenage angst feels very real mm-hmm. and earnest mm-hmm. and not like, you know, exploited for melodrama. Like, it feels like, like legitimate. And I, 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 too, I like that scene where, like, they're, they're meeting in the rain and she has his jacket. And there's, like, this, like, very WB, like, music in the background, <laughs> which is kind of cool. I was actually surprised. I mean, this is kind of a shifted uh, direction, but I was actually kind of surprised in the epilogue that he ended up 
Dana. Yeah, I, I don't dislike Dana, but like he was always like kind of a lousy Peter Parker boyfriend to her. That I was surprised yeah. that she stuck with him. Yes, throughout the series, I think it really came down to like the reveal because in epilogue she knew that he was Batman, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. So I think until that happened, it it the relationship would never work out. But I think like as we see in in you know the Flash since that just happened. Yeah, I don't think it, it was too troublesome, you know, throughout the series, their their relationship that I don't think it could really hold up. But once he revealed to her, I think building that foundation of trust and honesty, that it could only go up from where it was. Yeah, no, it, it was cool. Um, I remember because there was like three Royal Flush Gang episodes, I believe. Like there was this one, season one. I think in the next season, she is being blackmailed. To see, and it's actually like, it's a plot by King, played by George Lasonby. And in the third season, I remember that, like, for some reason, um, Derek Power's son was involved. But I remember in the second, when she comes back, Terry's like, like, like she's at Terry's room mm-hmm. somehow. And like, he's at his like, high rise apartment somehow. She's in her room. Um, he's on the phone with Dana. And she's like all over him. And like, like he's like, oh, yeah, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. And then he starts making out with Tin. <laughs> And I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty sleazy." <laughs> but I actually kind of like that because I like I like it when they when the heroes are giving character flaws uh, in that way. So I thought that was really really interesting. What about you? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, I think you got that angst right, but I, I think you also see her struggles to try to like do what she feels is right. You know, even though there are all these familial pressures. I remember her. Wasn't he really angry at her? Though, like the next time she wasn't he pretty hateful. He's, he's like, like Melanie, or should I say, ten? Yeah. Wow. Like, like once burned, I think was like, like you burned me bad by being a crook. <laughs> so. Do you think if if uh, he and Dana hadn't worked out, do you think that this could have been? Could he have ended up with Melanie? Yeah, you know, it's like with Batman. You see why he straight up like you know generally can't be with talia or catwoman most of the time because they are on the opposite sides of the law but melanie was a lot more of an earnest character who didn't she didn't yearn to break the law necessarily <laughs> so I, I honestly I, I felt that like by the by the evidence of the series and this because they only had a limited amount of episodes and seasons but i felt that they really worked well together i could easily see them ending up together mm-hmm so yeah, ten minutes in, it was invisible to the Don and I. I guess like, <laughs> when you said that, because uh, I remember you said I didn't pick any from Batman Beyond. I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I think I did consider um, uh, the first like Barbara Gordon Citron episode just because like of her and her uh, mm-hmm. DA husband <laughs> Sam. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nah, that's not that's not interesting enough. Okay, so we are in the top two, and these are pretty yeah. heavy. These well, are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> pretty heavy episodes the weight is heavy on this one mm-hmm. so uh i talked about batman and robin a bit in second chance my number two choice for the shipper spotlight 2016 robin's reckoning part one specifically part one mm-hmm. although you can do the whole story if, you, if you'd like mm-hmm. hey dick how you doing fine sorry i haven't been around I forget how big and lonely this place can be. That's okay. As it turns out, I may have some free time starting tomorrow. How'd you like to catch the Gotham Knights season opener? Box seats. Great. I know it must be very difficult. If only I could have stopped him. I saw him coming out of the tent. 
I knew he didn't belong there. I know. You keep thinking, if only I'd done something differently. If only I could have warned them. But there isn't anything you could have done. There isn't anything either of us could have done. Your mom and dad? Does the hurt ever go away? I wish I could say yes. But it will get better in time. For you. That I promise. This is the uh, the one of the more iconic episodes in the series where it's, it reveals a backstory. If it, for those who, who need it, it reveals the backstory of Dick Grayson. Um, in, in that they are after uh, an extortionist crook who is revealed to be Tony Zuko, the man who killed Dick Grayson's parents. And honestly, one of my favorite origin stories of all time because I love the whole circus aspect and Batman taking on a partner. That's really cool to me. And it has an iconic scene of like the rope going away and like everyone reacting to his parents falling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is mainly chosen for the last like five minutes in the episode. I mean, the episode throughout is just gorgeous, like gorgeous animation. I love Batman's uh, interrogating uh, Arnold Stromwell, like, like, like shoving him in the, in the couch and like just like he sounds like a mob boss. Like you know, I'll be very grumpy, and like the the fight with the car where there's no music and like like there's this really kind of tough guy. Like I was so close, I could smell his sweat. It's like really awesome stuff. But Tim Drake's my favorite Robin, but I think I like the Bruce Wayne Grayson partnership the most because of they are more kindred spirits than any other of the Robin. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really hits home in the final scenes where Alfred's like, for God's sakes, talk to the boy. He, isn't he just like you? And so Batman, you know, goes in. He's, he's trying to be kind of break small talk. And Dick's like, you know, he's still mulling over, like, his angst over his parents. Like, you know, I could have prevented this. And Bruce is like, yeah, I know exactly how you mean. And there's not too much dialogue. But, like, you know, Dick's like, you know, will this, the hurt ever go away? And Batman's like, I wish I could say yes. But for you, it's going to get better. I promise. And they just start hugging and crying, <laughs> and that feels so right for the characters. And that's have you, if you have you ever read um, Detective Comics thirty eight, his first appearance? Maybe. Um, Maybe. Man, it almost doesn't matter. But um, like in that scene, I mean, it's a little goofier. Where like Batman's literally driving him home, but Batman says, "You know, you and I are of a kindred trouble. Um, I, my parents were too killed by a criminal, and I've sworn my life to get justice." And Dick's like, "Well, that's what I want too." And obviously, that's that's a lot more, you know of an old style storytelling of comic books, but like, that's essentially that where like, it's not so much the vengeance as it is like this, the shared angst, the feeling that like, you know, Batman is who he is because this certain thing happened to him and it happened again with this other character. And yes, Dick Grayson is much different, but in this moment, they really connect. And that's why Dick Grayson's Robin. It's not because Batman needs a partner. It's because Dick Grayson needed to, to vent his frustrations in a different way. Now, because he's a different person, Robin's different than Batman, but you know, it's it's that kind of relationship that really drives, like, God, it was, I mean, he was Robin for, like, over 40 years before he became Nightwing, so, it's that kind of, I don't know, it's it's, it's probably because, because it's an like iconic pairing, but that scene is so heartfelt mm-hmm. that it shot all the way up to number two. <laughs> I guess, me. yeah. I, so, man, yeah, it, and it, it makes you wonder, sort of, why why did they break up, you know, if they did. And perhaps they're just too similar <laughs> that, you know, they would they would butt heads and that's why he went off as Nightwing. But I, I sort of always I wonder about that, you know, why did they, they split up? Well, I mean, like there are several different iterations of him becoming Nightwing. Like, like originally he just, you know, grew up and changed costumes. And by that time, Jason was adopted. Then 
you know, in post-crisis, Dick was injured, and Batman said, well, you can't be Robin anymore. And that was actually really half-handed because by that time, he was already Nightwing, so it was kind of a very blasé way to, to explain that. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, the Nightwing Year One story where they got into an argument, and then you have old wounds where, like, like they were not just not on the same page. But it was interesting because I remember in Nightwing Issue Zero for Zero Year for um, the New 52, Kyle Higgins cribbed a lot of dialogue from this episode. Mm. Like, the scene... After his parents die, where Bruce is talking to Commissioner Gordon, like there's like that entire scene straight up lifts dialogue from this episode. But he doesn't do the the, the final scene with them in Wayne Manor. Like it's all about like you know Batman's like no, I don't want a partner or whatever. And it's just like you missed like the biggest point of the episode, and it kind of kind of drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is uh, one of my favorite relationships. Just the Batman Robin relationship, one of my favorite chips to make. Just because it is so beautiful, this father-son relationship. And I think this two-part episode really does get into... And you, what you're highlighting the first part? Um, Yeah, I mean, mean, you could take both parts, but mainly the first part. Okay. Uh, But yeah, it does highlight, I think, sort of the the, the cement between the two is the fact that they have undergone the same or a very similar tragic event. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Bruce, I, I love that you sort of have this growth of the character because in the beginning he doesn't know what to do, you know, yeah. and, and I'm glad that Alfred is there to sort of slap some sense into him and then they do bond over this and, and let their emotions go, which is something that doesn't often happen, I think, in these in their capes and cowls. Um, they very much bottle up their, their inside. So it was, it's a very emotional episode and, and I think it, it speaks truth and, and in that, you know, in speaking truth, I think it's a, a very beautiful episode. So it won't eat me. What'd you say? It, uh, it, 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 along with Heart of Ice, they both, those both individual episodes won the Emmy. Oh. For like Ascending Animation. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, you think, we did that Robin special a while back, or you should, you did, because it was really your hard work. You yeah, said yeah. Dick was, oh, I know, but I, I didn't produce it. It was all you. Was Dick your first, your number one? No, Tim was, right? Tim was my number one, Dick's my number second, because, okay. um, of the anime series of the 60s show of like, you know, he's still the longest running Robin. Mm-hmm. I really like him. But like as a Robin character, yeah. I do enjoy Tim. But as the, the dynamic duo, it's always like Dick and Bruce for me. Do you think they have the best relationship out of all the Robins? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, because obviously Jason and Batman, you know, no, not that they didn't have, have – not that they had a bad relationship, but it was yeah. it was easily like the weakest. Mm-hmm. And Tim's, a very, Tim's just a very different character. Absolutely, yep. So easily, like, because even beyond that, like, they have a relationship as Batman and Nightwing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, it's really that history. I think that that makes it. I think with all good relationships, other you know, romantic or otherwise, it's really building upon a strong foundation. And and these two characters have it, and and they've been going strong for so long. So I love in the the, the last episode of the Barb. Uh, Babs, Babs in the tube, and that episode <laughs> with Clayface. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like sitting down and. Did he burnt the popcorn or something? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, like what is this? <laughs> it's a family moment, you know? But where's the butler? Never mind. They're getting real. They don't need that for, you know, I don't know. They're trying to learn how to use. Adam like, was like, my mouth was watering for some nice buttered popcorn. Well, you can always butter it afterwards. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, well, here we are, folks. We are down to our number ones. And uh, this is pretty intense. I'm nervous about it. Well, it's a little unconventional. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say love is a crock. Baby doll. No! <laughs> Tell me you're kidding. <laughs> What's wrong with baby doll and uh, killer croc? You know. Seizing. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I want to see what you do. Actually, yeah, I know. My number one is also my favorite, my most favoritist episode of the series. Oh, okay. I'm sure Donovan knows already what it is, but my favorite episode almost got him. Ah, yes. Yes, this aired November 10th, close to my birthday, 1992. Wow, it was almost six years old. old. I know, six! (laughs) Uh, This is episode 46 of season one. Thanks for coming after me. I owed you. Well, I'd like to think our relationship isn't just restricted to saving each other from freaks and weirdos. And that maybe we'd have a place for each other without Gotham. Without the freaks. Maybe without masks. Maybe. Almost got him. Mm. And the Joker, Killer Croc, the Penguin, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, they all meet at a poker table, and they're each telling a tale of the times when they almost got him, almost defeated Batman. And at the same time, Harley Quinn is about to kill Catwoman after she rescued Batman from the Joker's electric chair. So, it's an amazing... I mean, I could go on (laughs) for a long time. In fact, Donovan and I did a commentary on this uh, for Mm -hmm. the Batman universe, because I could talk about this episode for for a long time. But it is my favorite (laughs) Batman and Catwoman pairing, just because, you know, she saves him, and then he goes and saves her, and just the amount of effort he goes to, and you can see... It's almost, you know, it's reminiscent of Sub-Zero because of of how uh, concerned he is and how much he wants to save Catwoman. And then it all comes down to that final uh, moment on the rooftop, and that's where my clip is, where, you know, maybe they could get together outside of their, you know, their capes and their masks and, and the bad guys and freaks and weirdos. You know, maybe there's a chance for them. And he says, maybe... And, and like, which is a huge thing, you know, just mm-hmm. say maybe. And then there's a siren, and uh, she turns away, and then she turns back, and he's gone. Almost, and then she ends with almost got him, of course, in a different way. And uh, I just, I think, you know, for me, Catwoman is the one person that I will pair Batman with, and, and that I, I is my favorite pair with him. And I love this episode for so many reasons. But I also really like, I, I think that ending is just amazing and just to see, because I think he's honest in that maybe and that he's considering it. But, you know, he's got to consider a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, I, I just, whew, I, I love it. And so it's, <laughs> I think it's just such a great romantic moment. And, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, she does play a little bit of the damsel in distress, which has happened to her. But, you know, if, if you're going to get rescued by Batman and then he's going to maybe share a kiss with you would be good so that's why this is my number one i think that this animated series actually really did right by the batman and catwoman relationship Mm -hmm. because i don't think he ever actually denies his feelings for her Mm -hmm. he's very very like open that he just wants to rehabilitate her obviously but like he's not he doesn't tell her i don't like you like he's 
Batman flirts with Catwoman as much as she kind of flirts with him, <laughs> or maybe almost. And it's, it's kind of refreshing to see, like, you know, he's so, like, stubbornly want to be asexual these days that episodes like this show you just how, how, how much, how he expresses his emotion yeah. by Did being you say Batman. asexual? Yeah. Okay, I, well, well, I just wanted to, I wanted, I didn't know if he said oversexual or, like, asexual, so I just wanted to clarify. Well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the whole, like, you know, all I care about is punching someone yeah. kind of thing. It's like, like, in this one, like, like she's like, oh, you saved my life. You know what that means? He's like, yeah, I do. Look over there. <laughs> That's kind of cool to me, so I, I, I like it. Okay, well, th- that is my number one. Um, okie dokie, and... <laughs> My, you always laugh at me. Well, because I don't know, your build up is awful. You're like, um, and I try to build it up real big. So, uh, okay, I'll I'll build up as much as I possibly can. My number one mm-hmm. is also a Batman and Robin episode. <laughs> the third. Oh my gosh! Because I love I love the idea of them two kissing. Obviously. I think you only had one romantic episode. They were all all the other romantic ones were like horrible romances. Okay, and it's, it's, like you, this is also my favorite episode. My number one is from the new Batman Adventures slash Gotham Knights, Growing Pains. Oh yes. So, like you chose, almost got him, which is your favorite. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite episode. This episode is so sad. It's okay. Why do you keep running from me? It's the mask, isn't it? It's not you. I have to keep moving. There's a man after me. Who? I don't know. But he's always there. He's even in my nightmares. Don't worry. I'll help you. What's your name? I can't even remember that. That's okay. We'll improvise. How about... Annie? Okay. (gasps) What's wrong? He's near. I feel him. There! Okay, so, one night, while on patrol, Robin happens upon a girl who is being uh, threatened by these uh, biker toughs. He beats them up, and she just starts running away. And she keeps on running, she keeps on running, and he tries catching up to her, and he does, and then she gets away. And eventually he uh, asks her what's going on, and she has complete amnesia. She doesn't know where she came from, what her name is, who she is. But she knows that there's a man following her. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that man uh, reveals himself and sa- claims to be her father. It actually is also uh, these exact same man that Batman has been uh, searching for, who's been wanted for some robberies. So those two cases coincide, and throughout the uh, I should say obviously with this being the Gotham Knights, this is Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's desperately just trying to uh, run after uh, this girl that he names Annie after the Raggedy Ann doll, trying to keep her safe. And while Batman's more intent, you know, kind of do the de- do the detective work, you know, kind of be patient. Tim Drake's a little younger than Dick Grayson was as Robin, so he's, he's like, no, I don't want to do that. 
and he just completely is obsessed with you know taking care of Annie. Eventually, they track down where her whereabouts were as sort of like you know the sewer chemical factory area, and the man reveals himself to be dun, 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 Clayface, mm-hmm. who is a very 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 dangerous villain. And uh, as as he continues to chase them. Annie realizes while she sees the uh, parts of Clayface sink into her skin that she actually is part of Clayface. She was uh, Clayface was had reformed after the events of the episode Mudslide, in which he died again, <laughs> and um, he made her kind of reconnoiter and seek uh, if it was okay for him to come out. But because she was a sentient being, she kind of forgot and kind of started wandering around. This is troublesome because it kind of gets into the question of, you know, what is life, artificial life? Is she an actual person? And she kind of gives up thinking that she is. But Tim's like, no, 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 I'll protect you. I'll save you. And it ends up that Clayface is about to kill Robin. So she jumps into Clayface and they reform fairly violently. And essentially, if she was a real person, then she's dead now. And Robin goes berserk. And a fight ensues. Batman catches up. A gigantic explosion. As Clayface is being carted away, a cop tells Commissioner Gordon, "Okay, well, well he's uh, he's charged for robbery, breaking and entering. What else?" And Tim just solemnly says, "Yeah, there's one more thing: murder," and just kind of walks away. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. And this episode is so sad. <laughs> that is amazing. I remember when they did the new Batman Adventures. I was so excited because a it was new episodes of Batman. And two, um, I really liked at the time that there was a lot more comic book related because they had Nightwing, they had Tim Drake, Batgirl appear a lot more. I really liked that. And I learned more in between the two series. So I knew that Robin was Tim Drake. I really, I, he was always a favorite character of mine um, from the comics and the cartoon. And this episode just completely sang to me. But like, I, it was always sad. But as I got older, it was just like, this is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. Um, I'm actually going to – I mentioned this, this website talking about Talia and Rachel Ghoul, uh, I'm actually going to read out uh, a paragraph of what it said about growing pieces. I actually think it, it does it justice, if I may. It says, uh, what makes this story so successful is its oblique style. It never stops and gives Pat little speeches about how much Robin cares for Annie, but reveals his solicitude by showing him in action or in dropping little asides. His search to the lowest depths of Gotham and the vignettes of misery and loneliness he witnesses are an excellent example of the episode's subtle technique. The search illustrates the lengths of which Tim will go to find this girl, and the vignettes arouse a sense of pity, which, by implication, is identified with Tim's feelings for Annie. And so despite there being very little interaction between the two, we understand and are moved by the care and tenderness he shows her. And just that moment where, like, he says, you know, don't worry, I'll save you. And she says, what? Don't you see? I'm not real. To me, it's like the episode almost has to stop. That, like that's 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 the end, mm-hmm. and the rest the rest of it so is just kind of like you know torture for Tim Drake. Like you know it it really could have ended there, but like it just kind of drives the point home. And ha- and that when she saves him, and they kind of they both form together. That's just like that's really something. But there's also because I, this is my pattern, like you know the relationship between Batman and Robin, where Tim's a different Robin than than this version of Tim's a different Robin than um than Dick was. A lot of people, you know, like Bertoni or Michael Bailey, kind of say like you know this uh, this version of Tim Drake is really Jason Todd wearing a Tim Drake name tag. Hmm. I don't know if I, I really buy that because the production scenes, they kind of just mesh the two together. And there are a lot of moments in this in the episodes where he does very much feel like Tim Drake, like Never Fear or Chemistry. But this one, he is probably at his most Jason Todd-y kind of rebelling against Batman, saying no to Batman and, you know, kind of disobeying everybody. There is a bit of that element, but I think to me it's just kind of, he's just Robin. And I love how 
Batman, you know, in, in his own kind of stubborn way, uh, he's very stalwart and stoic, but he rushes to his side to protect Robin. And even at the end, where he says sometimes there are no happy endings, that's like the best thing he can tell Tim to kind of console him. Like he has his hand on his shoulder, and he's really trying to connect to him. But it, it's because it's in a different way. It's like it's it's kind of small, but it's still there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is probably the most depressing episode on my list. But uh, the animation is terrific, and it's, it's just so stark. It, 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 it almost kind of watches like a poem. Like you would never, I've never seen calculated like this. It's kind of one and done, kind of, you know, kind of like sad tale. And it's, it's really effective. It's brilliant. For some reason, I've not done a commentary on it. I don't know why. No, I, I love, 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 love this episode. I really, really do. I think that it's a great, uh, it's easy number one, obviously. Sometimes I think it's hard to uh, a podcast or maybe a commentary on your favorite because I don't know if you can ever do it justice. Like even now, I can't really remember what I said about Mm. almost got him or tiger tiger because you have all these feelings attached with those particular episodes and i just don't know if there are really words that can best fit you know the feelings that you have when you watch them so absolutely i'm I'm not too shocked that you haven't done an episode on it you and i (laughs) i think we know each other pretty well and and i knew that this this particular episode I, i think it comes out like when we do these like it definitely comes out that how much we know each other, but I knew that this particular episode had to be on your list, and so I was waiting for it because I knew that it was your personal favorite. It's funny because you know we just we you were on BTO when we reviewed that issue of Gotham Academy, where we're a similar circumstance, though you're not as engaged in the Catherine character, but oh, yeah. you know the daughter and the and the Clayface there. But this is a super tragic story. <laughs> For sure, and you really feel um, for Tin's character, obviously, because he's so impacted by, you know, the death, if, if you can call it that, which, you know, I mean, she was a being, and then she's not there anymore, so what else could we call it? Okay. It's really hard to argue that, that she's not a person. I know, yeah. It, does she have her own? I mean, she's of her own mind, so what what can... Yeah, I, I, I remember this being a, a very emotional ride, and... It's probably, would you say it's one of the first episodes where Tim is really highlighted and he really sort of um, shows his own abilities in in this series? I mean, it's definitely, I forget which, I think Never Fear came first. Mm, okay. And that one, I think that one, he's a lot more of a Tim, comic book Tim Drake-esque, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, going against Batman. But, um, I mean, this is another highlighted one. And this, I mean, this is obviously, this is obviously his episode. So, uh, I mean, this, this, if you want to, if any people who like the character mm-hmm. have not seen this episode, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you need to, yeah. And, and, you know, self-sacrifice, which is, you know, something we, we see with heroes and everything. And the fact that she's the one that saves Tim, uh, you know, I think that gets to him as well. It's, you know, a guilt that, that Bruce feels um, potentially that goes back to, you know, the Two-Face episode that you mentioned. Um, even though there are different circumstances, but just guilt that somebody else sort of was hurt or injured on your watch. But, uh, yeah, and, and it's young love, right? Uh, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I assume that Tim has, you know, feelings for her. And so it, it's very cute if you, you know, pair them. I don't know if there are too many well, yeah, yeah. moments, but. There's that scene in, in Commissioner Gordon's office where, like, he kind of, like, oh, how does Gordon's like, how does somebody get a face like that? And Tim's like, luck. What? Sorry, I was I was daydreaming about a girl. It's like ah, teenagers. I'm glad my Barbara's past her wild oh, years. Gosh, yeah, yeah. So you know, there are those fun moments, and and then you know, I guess puppy love, if you could call it that. But 
it, it all Absolutely. ends sadly, which, yeah, it is a very sad episode. But, but I think some of the best shippers are the ones that take you on an emotional ride. And if you actually get invested in them, then I think it shows the power of the medium that, that you're experiencing and, and the power of the, of the couple. And, and is it realistic? And so I think because you are so affected by this, I think it shows that realism there on several different levels of, you know, what it means to have a relationship and, and, you know, what is love. Sometimes I dream with open eyes. I dream of falling in love. Did you ever watch Hey Arnold? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, of course. I loved Hey Arnold. I'm laughing uh, only because what a out of the blue question. You say that Francesca Marie Smith voices Annie. She voiced Helga. Oh heavens! All throughout the series, no matter how many Arnold voice actors they had, Helga was always the same. Let's yeah, let's talk about that relationship. <laughs> Arnold, how I hate him, and yet, how I love him. She's got a shrine, man. She's got a shrine. Maybe I don't hate you as much as I thought, okay? I guess maybe I, I even kind of like you a little. Heck, I, I guess you might even kind of say that I like you a lot. You do? You did this for me? That's right, hair boy. I mean, criminy. What else are you supposed to do when someone you love is in trouble? Love? You hurt me, pal. I love you. Love you. Who else do you think has been stalking you night and day, building shrines to you in a closet, filling volumes of books with poems about you? I you, Arnold, I've always loved you ever since I first laid eyes on your stupid football head. And from that moment and every moment since I've lived and breathed for you, dreamed of the moment I could finally tell you my sacred feelings and could grab you and kiss you and... Oh, come here, you big lug. I'm confused. Did you just say you love me? What? Are you deaf? Now, who the... Oh, Arnold, just hold me. I, 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 I need to think. Yes, I suppose you'll have to do the thinking for both of us now, darling. Whoa, this is all happening too fast. I feel, I feel dizzy. I need to lie down. Wonderful, I'll go with you. No! They're talking about psychological problems in that show. Oh, Good lord. Uh, yeah. Well, can you believe it? We made it. I guess, just because it's awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, there's, we're done. I, I, I can't. <laughs> It's sad. It always seems like we just we've only just begun, you know. Yes. Yeah. I never know how to end these things. These were our top five moments. A range. We really had a strange and interesting range. I think I was mostly um, romantic, and then yours were romantic and uplifting, and yours were mostly familial slash uh, mm-hmm. agape love and and tragic. And also like like two sided. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we're going to take sure. a, a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do something that's different that we've never done before. So uh, we'll catch you soon.
Awate. My name is Stella, and I host Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. I, along with my dear friend Donovan Morgan Grant, are going to be hosting a special Batgirl to Oracle episode called The Minority Report. I'm putting the call out right now for anyone that identifies himself or herself as a minority to have a discussion centering around this question. Are minorities portrayed properly in media? Now, Donovan Morgan Grant and I will be leading this discussion and would like your input. So whatever your nationality, ethnicity, gender identification, or sexual orientation, if you are interested in being a part of this conversation, please contact me at backroadoracle at gmail.com. This discussion will take place in early 2016. Heterosexual white males need not apply. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing from you.
sort of your idea, I would say. Why don't you tell people what we're about to do? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. When we sat down to watch these episodes, like, okay, let's let's do BTS or Batman-related ship episodes. Mm-hmm. I forget who brought the point up first, but I, I do remember like watching a, watching a certain episode. I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of really bad romance in this show. <laughs> and I said, I have more bad ro- examples of bad romance episodes than I do good shipper episodes. So I forget how this came to be, but eventually we said, you know, we should might as well just make a list of like, you know, like the bad side or, you know, the sour bottom shipper episodes. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're not done yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I have five and you have five. I do. Yeah. So this is our, our list of uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how you categorize this, but our list of uh, bad shipper episodes from the Bat- various Batman series. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, before we do that, I did have a question because, you know, you said that there are so many of them. And so my question for you as a short discussion is, why are there so many? Because everyone's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I think, that, uh, and this is a recurring theme of my episode, so many times the characters, the like, mainly the villains, because most of these episodes are showcases for the villains. They go after something that, you know, it's not bad that they go after it, but they always go after it with like, like, in the worst kind of way, mm-hmm. like you know, they like like by, by ill-gotten means, ill-gotten gains. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they could, they could, like for instance, they could ask somebody out, but no, they kidnap them or something like that. You know, or they can like you know try to reason with somebody. No, 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 they they you know try to kill them or something like that. That happens all the time with the show. Like for instance, this is not on my list, but like uh, in um, are you so smart? If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Mm-hmm. Riddler was you know, kicked the curb by his Tony Stark-looking boss for stealing his ideas. He could have just sued the guy, but no, he waits two years so he can kill him in a, in a bizarre 60s Batman kind of way. Like, that's kind of like the water, watermark for a Batman episode. <laughs> and oftentimes it involves love in, you know, cruelest of fashions. And love is really exploited in this show mm-hmm. um, for, for to good effect, but it's, people's hearts are really destroyed in, in funny ways. <laughs> So uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's my take on it. Yeah. What about yourself? Well, I wondered if if you know the writers and and creators are trying to reinforce this idea that that Bruce should be alone and that maybe romance and love don't really work in this particular world. Is that you don't think so? Well, that's I, a little goth-ish. You think that's too down in the dumps? Maybe I'm like. Being influenced by DC to 52. <laughs> yes. Well, I just, I mean, there aren't many positive or uplifting, you know, romances that, en- you know, that, that end on a good note. And so 
I don't know. I mean, if if all these romances have such a, like a burning fire and then end poorly, I mean, what does that say about love in this particular world? It's like what? like it, it'll be powerful for a moment, but you're going to get burned by it in the end. I mean, it seems I, like it's got a bad message to it. I think that um, it's, it kind of goes back to that, that old Marvel caveat of like you know, romance is kind of a happy ending, mm-hmm. but because you know, Batman is such a static character. And obviously, and it's been said ever since after since Dark Knight Returns, the idea has existed that Batman doesn't really need need a love interest, or if he does, it's somebody somebody that is more on his Batman side than his Bruce Wayne side. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, I, I think to me it's just like the kind of like you know filthy desire kind of thing where the desire is abnormal, but the means are kind of pervert and twist the desire to, to be like, you know, you, it's like, oh, I, I like to see, you know, somebody get, get with that girl or that guy. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, they go, I was like, oh, no, 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 stay away, please call the cops. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to at least in, in all of these try to find sort of a positive, you know, a positive twist to it. But some of them are, you know, yeah. pretty hard. Well, just, you know, thinking about, yeah, I guess we'll get to some of them. But it, it is strange, though, why why there are so many, and, and perhaps it's just entertainment values that, like, you want to see these really off-the-wall connections and pairings, and then seeing how can it possibly work out, or how is it all going to fall apart at the end. Uh, so maybe it's just one of those, we can't help but look at the at the car crash <laughs> as it, as it happens. <laughs> or maybe it's us as viewers, but no, I, I just wonder if there is something... Because I, I think there are those believers out there that, that think Bruce should be alone. P- potentially Bruce Wayne himself believes that. I always feel like there's there's got to be a moment. And I hope there is, honestly, for him, that he does stop. And, you know, he becomes, I don't know, I guess not a family man. But I, I just, I, I wish for the, the sanity of the character that he would find happiness. And he, he gets so close so many times, but it's tragic to see it over and over again. Uh, so I just wonder if there's if there's something to that, if there is something deeper that the writers want us to think about. I don't know. I think it's unimaginative to say that like, Bruce Wayne will never find happiness because that 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 presumes a limited scope of the story, especially with so many characters who mm-hmm. do, do love him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's always that's always like, like you didn't really think too hard when you thought when you asked this, answer this question and said that he can't find happiness. But that's yeah. another. Topic, I think. All right. Well, it could be a huge topic because I feel like that's all we read now. Honestly, he may be happy for a couple months and then something bad will happen. So, which is why I'm so nervous about my Julie Madison. Oh, okay. Well, we're <laughs> we're gonna do this, and it's gonna be pretty quick. We'll, we'll just say what what the pairing is, what the episode is, and and maybe why we think it's detestable, and we'll hop in. But it's not gonna be as emotional. Oh, yeah, not as emotional. Well, maybe for some of us, it's not gonna be as. Um, pulled out in time i don't put elongated prolonged it's not gonna take as long the length windows <laughs> there we're shag oh gosh yeah why don't you go first okay yeah so i suppose i suppose that's legal okay and these so, are in no particular i didn't do five to one are yours in order no okay mine are well, not I, I, actually i think they they kind of are in, okay well, I can move I mine think, around. Don't, don't worry about it. I, I think my number one and my number five, well, let me just say no. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't think as, as hard. So my number five is Harley Quinnade. Okay. The Joker has a bomb. And he's, and he's kidnapped the mayor, although I don't think they know that at the, at the start. And he's threatening Gotham City. So Batman must find him and he's the help of Harley Quinn. I, I love this episode. This is hilarious. But <laughs> at the end, 
you know, Harley sells out Batman and Robin uh, to to escape with the Joker. Yeah. And Robin points out, it's a good thing you're here. Otherwise, the countdowns to the bomb didn't give him enough time to swing by Arkham and pick you up. And, like, it's, an, it's another example of, like, why these two are horrible for each other. And it's really fun. I love, I honestly love. <laughs> I really do love like um her like saying, but what about all of our friends? Ivy and Two Face and Hat Guy and Puppet Head and Lizard Man. Like I like how she just forgets everyone. Like and like it's clear that Joker, Joker had absolutely no business or or any even the inclination of like saving her life. And then that was like, don't forget about your pets, the babies. Oh <laughs> and and like he's like he's like pushes her away, and she's like, no, why are you little? She kicks him in the face, and like, but by the end. They're back together after all that. And even he tries to like blow up the bomb and kill himself. Like, this is horrible, yeah. but it's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I love it. My, I, whatever, my number five is uh, You Scratch My Back. It was episode five of the new Batman Adventures. The main reason why is Dick and Catwoman. So night, he's Nightwing now. Dick Grayson is, is Nightwing, and he's sort of distancing himself from Batman, tries to go alone and stop a smuggling ring, and he actually gets some help from Catwoman, and she sort of attempts a somewhat sensual relationship with him. Though it's unclear whether she's being serious or, in the end, you know, is she just really using him? But Catwoman, when it switched over to New Batman Adventures, was one of the... I didn't like her character change, and I didn't like her design change either. I, I felt like they both changed drastically. And I don't like the thought of... Catwoman being with someone other than Bruce Wayne as as Dick well Grayson. as I don't like Dick Grayson like the thought of him with, with sort of the sloppy seconds idea and like taking it from your mentor that'd be awful so I don't like this because they're shipped pretty hard here and even Babs is like you need to be <laughs> I mean she's even in there give me a break um, you're jealous so, yeah I am and so that's a no no for me I love that episode because it's like it's, it was Nightwing's first spotlight yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Okay, my number four, same thing from uh, Gotham Knights, chemistry. Oh, heavens. <laughs> Where Batman gets married? <laughs> he gets married, yes. and like, uh, it turns out to be a plot by Poison Ivy, and this is one of the, cru- I love Poison Ivy, this is one of, her, one of the cruelest plots she has. It's just going to kill all these millionaires and inherit their millions uh, through their mates that she created of her, you know, Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Wayne even gets being Batman for her. You know, once he figures that things are wrong, like he 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 gets mad pretty quickly. Like he legitimately like, like grabs her and says, "You're not leaving this room until you tell me." I go, "Oh God, call the cops!" <laughs> <laughs> and then there's there's really cruel instances. Like uh, Poison Ivy literally tries to kiss Robin to death. Like that, 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 I find it really shocking. And she apparently drowns. And then as Batman swings away from the drowning boat, we see like his his wife Susan. <laughs> die and he just like flicks the wedding ring like a coin <laughs> like a boss it's like wow okay no love lost there so that was a pretty horrible episode for romance not a, not one to watch on valentine's day absolutely not my number four is also chemistry so that's kind of funny um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i um i found susan pretty creepy well once the reveal happens like she seems creepy like a stepford wife but even worse and, and yet yeah the whole thing just seems super it's just weird it, it i don't know it seemed like a horror film honestly <laughs> if there were ever any horror um episodes this would be certainly one of them i actually really like that episode uh even though it's pretty bare and i it, batman shows like no emotion but whatever so my number three and I'm probably, you, i think we'll probably start bumping into each other a lot more my number three is mad as a hatter 
It's the origin story of Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, and he's a very, very sympathetic character uh, who actually says, I don't want to use my mind control device to have Alice love me, but he ends up doing that anyway. Yeah. Like, he kind of, he kind of talks himself into thinking that's the only way, and when Batman points that out, he blames it on Batman. Like, I really like this version of Mad Hatter, but like he straight up is a bad guy because like he can't admit when he is you know in the wrong. Also, they basically have like John Romita era Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy as like Alice and like her boyfriend. Um, so that's interesting. I said they look like they look like they are. And at the very end, like you know, he starts rhyming Alice in Wonderland as she's reunited with her fiance. So that was all nice and sad and horrible. <laughs> Anything with the Mad Hatter is pretty horrible. I think it now. I think it's taken a dark turn, but I feel like that character mm-hmm. should have been having a pretty dark turn all along with because I mean he's. I mean, creepy. Well, yes, he's creepy, and the mind control. I mean, it's not like he should be a fun-loving character that you can make fun of. It's yeah, it's not like the Penguin where you can sort of punk, poke fun at him. I mean, I don't know. You I think don't, he's like really like uh, kind of disturbing. I, I think he is. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. I, 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 I know. Do you the not? Bear, Do you see him more as a joke? Well, we we talked about this when I was on the comic cast. I hated well, uh, how they did his lazy eye. Yeah, sure I did. Um, <laughs> I didn't like those stories. I know we talked about like 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 there are certain implications of, of like a, a pedophilic nature, and that only because of the uh, nature of Alice in Wonderland with the author. But mm. I, I, I I like the character in this show though, if nothing else. Um, so it doesn't creep me out as much. But I, I think it's, that, there are different takes to him that are pretty interesting. I think. Yeah. My number three is one that makes me grind my teeth: Mystery of the Batwoman, the Babs and Bruce phone call, <laughs> and they only take up. 120 seconds of screen time, maybe less, maybe it's like 60 seconds, but it sets my teeth on edge. I just, well, first of all, Mystery of the Batwoman was one of the direct-to-video films, the the last one, I guess, of the trilogy, if you don't count. Return of the Joker came out in 2003, and there's a vigilante mm-hmm. posing as Batwoman, not the Batwoman that we know and love in the DC universe. She's trying to thwart Penguin's evil plans, Batman's trying to figure out her, her true identity, and then uh, she's captured by Bane, so lots of stuff going on, but there's a moment in a car where Babs is openly flirting with Bruce, and Bruce pretends that he's going through a tunnel and they lose connection. And I hate so it, hate it. I hate it so much. And whenever anyone brings up Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne shipping, and I know that it's somewhat in continuity in this universe because of Return of the Joker, but it just bothers me. It really bothers me. So th- this is one of my least favorite. I should have put it as number one because I hate it so. But and yet, you <laughs> the entire scene in like a previous BGL. I did? Yeah. Oh, like, like <laughs> I do remember that. What was the context? I never remember the context of things. I forget, but like yeah, I, think I think someone, someone mentioned, mentioned it. Email. Yeah, and then I did that. Yeah. Well, I hate it. I hate. It. I had to listen to it. I had to record it. I hated it. Uh, I don't like it either. They're, 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 it's more so than the relationship. Like their characterization in that scene is bizarre. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm looking at that, that smile picture that you have on Skype. So my number two, and this is one of the first episodes I was watching for our, our good list that I put on the bad list. Pretty poison. Uh, the very first Poison Ivy episode, uh-huh. where she seduces and tries to kill Harvey Dent. I love Poison Ivy in this episode. She is a she is a bad bee. <laughs> she really is. I, I love she's so mean and vicious and spiteful. She's just a really nasty piece of work. And I really I just, I just like how 
she does not care about killing Harvey Dent. Like, she really doesn't like... She's not bothered by killing him whatsoever and laughs at the idea that he might die from her poison kiss and taunts Batman with, like, the antidote. And it's just... It's really, really fun. I, re- I really enjoyed that episode. But it's an awful example of romance. <laughs> Another one. My next one... Heavens above. It is Love is a Croc, Baby Doll, and Killer Croc. It had to be on here somewhere. But huh. Baby Doll, she be, it was episode 9 of the new Batman Adventures, uh, came out in 98. Uh, Baby Doll becomes enamored of Killer Croc, and the pair forms a, a very unlikely, a very successful criminal duo. But then their partnership falls apart when Baby Doll learns that Croc is only using her to further his own criminal career. And besides being a super, super bizarre pair, it's also really sad. Uh, and it's not the first time that Killer Croc has has used people. I think he's an interesting character that changes depending on the writer. You know, he's either a man-eater, he's, you know, a dumb man, <laughs> who knows? But here, he will just use anyone for his own gain, and this is not the first episode that he did that. So, you know, Baby Doll is not the best person, but you do feel for her in the end, and it's also, did I mention, it's a really bizarre pair, so that's why this is on my bad romance list. I hate that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this might be kind of controversial. My number one Uh-oh. is Heart of Ice. Okay. Because as genuine and honest as Freeze's love for his wife, Nora, is, uh-huh. he sets out to adventure by trying to kill people. And that's, no pun intended, that's not cool. <laughs> and I, I struggle putting this on my, on my goods list. But at the end of the day, Freeze is using love for ill-gotten, you know, bad, bad reasons, bad means. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put it on my bad list. But, but obviously, it's, it's like the cleanest version, so it's number one. Do you think this is one of those examples of, you know, the the end may be good, but the means are bad, you know? Like, does he have, do, do you believe in his mission? Or do you think, like, he's really just turned around and out of whack? It's troubling because, like, kind of like Peter Parker, you really sympathize with what he's, what he's meaning to do, but you can't call him a good guy, you know, uh, at least when he's Mr. Freeze. Like, there's that line where... You know, think of it, Batman, to walk on a hot summer day, the warm hand to hold. No more. I'd kill for that. Like, he's, he's, or sooner or later, all those who oppose me must face the icy touch of death. Like, he's a full-on bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he's been kind of driven mad by his love. I really like Mr. Freeze. I really like this episode. I really like their romance. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that doesn't, him being in love doesn't justify his actions. And, you know, you got to be, you got to be stalwart in your morality when you're watching this guy. Yeah. That was your number one, I guess, your last one? Yes, it was. This last one for me is as disgusting to me as Mystery of the Batwoman's Little Shipper is annoying. I can't believe you didn't mention this one. Oh, I think I know know what it might be. It's Out of the Past, which is a Batman Beyond uh, episode 44 of season three. came out in 2000. And um, it's old Bruce Wayne and Talia, who is actually Ra's al Ghul in Talia's body. And this is why mm-hmm. it's super gross. But, you know, Bruce Wayne's former love, Talia, uh, returns to offer him the chance to be eternally young. But they actually find out that Ra's al Ghul, her father, uh, was left mortally wounded beyond the Lazarus Pit's ability to heal. And so he sacrificed his own daughter. So this is going against <laughs> what, yeah, sacrificed his own daughter by using a computer to imprint his thoughts and memories into her body. And I believe there's a kiss in this episode, too. So, like, there's terrible, terrible things that happen. Sacrificing your daughter after, like, 
<laughs> decades of her being devoted to you, uh, um, uh, a kiss, a makeout session. I mean, it was it was a hot and heavy kiss between Tali and Bruce, but it's really Raish and Bruce. And I mean, I'm not above slash, but this is like gross. It is gross, and it should never have happened. I don't know. How yeah. But when that reveal happened, I was sickened. Sickened, I say, and that is why this is number one. It was always at number one. Nothing could have changed that. Oh, yeah, thoughts on this? I thought you were saying bad love. I, I don't. They don't make out, do they? I don't think he kisses Bruce on the cheek. I think cheek. there's a kiss. There's a kiss. I'm gonna have to find it. You? She kissed me. Yeah. The, I love that twist, though. That twist is so brutal. Uh, I love that episode. Terry at one point says, "Lady." That is the sickest thing I've ever seen. You're creeping me out. And then Bruce says, you, you kissed, or you didn't kiss her. She kissed me. Yeah, or yeah. she kissed me, yeah. So I was yeah. thinking about that part. Good family fun. Good family fun? <laughs> Everyone's invited. You know, a nice program for children that they should all see. You know, nothing nothing harmful in here. Uh-huh. Well, Were you really disgusted when, you first, when that was first revealed? I think, well... <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're talking about, you know, someone who has undergone, you know, a sex change, op- you know, operation where we can be welcoming of that. It was a father taking over his daughter's body. Yes, that I just thought it was a really cool reveal. I mean, it is horrible and disgusting. Well, it's cool and you screwed. never expect it. Right. Kind of thing. But yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. I just, it was weird. It weirded me out, man. I just thought it was really nice. But, uh, not, okay, not nice, but, like... Really nice! You're alive, the story, obviously. Oh, gosh. Oh, man, alive. Well... I was just saying, like, neither of us chose Matt Love, though. I guess we already did that. Well, I... That wasn't really on my radar, just because we did go into such deep detail about it. And I, mm-hmm. I think on that episode, I voiced my concern and disappointment in it. Disappointment in the fact that I feel like it's a poor relationship. Yeah, which, which I don't think is an, is an accident. So yeah. Well, I guess it's time to bid adieu. I don't want. I know it was such fun. This was an interesting turnaround. We only had one overlap. And that was in the bad section, yeah. And I, I'm glad because I knew that, like with Batman the animated series, there's so many episodes. The odds of us having a diverse list uh-huh. were higher. Absolutely. So- I'm glad that made it fun, so we could talk about different things instead of you know. Pretending we didn't pick it and being quiet, which has happened before. So, well, I, I look forward to next year when, when we have even more diverse lists when we talk about our favorite shipper episodes from Steven oh, Universe. Yeah, ship. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna have to start catching up now. Well, as always, it was a pleasure. I will never, uh, well, I shouldn't say never, but I hope to never do this particular show without you. I know she'll never do. A rip-off of this episode without oh you goodness. either. That would be a betrayal of the highest order. I can never match yours. Oh, dear. So. Well, uh, as always, I, I like to uh, pimp you out uh, in a kind manner. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I know. So please call us at 555-0195. Oh, but really, though, wh- where can other people find you and listen to your dulcet tones? Well... You can't find me live anymore oh. on the next Mission Dragon Ball Z podcast because that is finito. Although, if you are interested and have not heard that show before, we are still on iTunes. Mm-hmm. 
dbznextdimension.libsyn.com, Jesse, Garrett, and I. So check out our backlog of like 50 to 70 episodes of that. I pop on three times. Yes, you do. You you are there for the penultimate one just to say your goodbyes before they pull the plug. Yeah. Uh, and you laughed a lot. So I did? <laughs> As we were, yes. Because <laughs> things are happening, As I'm you, sure. So there's that. Uh, you can also uh, read Stella and I's team-up comic, comic book film review. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us in the uh, CBF review, spelled R-E-V-U-E, dot listen dot com. Mm-hmm section of the uh, magazine rack that is the internet. We're also on iTunes as well as Facebook. And I think that's actually it. <laughs> I do do Cult Saga Chronicles, but that's so irregular that it's hard for me to, to recommend that. Mm-hmm. I write for the Batman Universe. I review Batgirl. I write for the Hoodie Utilitarian. Mm-hmm. I've not done that in a while. But yeah, the comic film review is pretty much the main show right now. Although I do have plans mm-hmm. coming up. To do some stuff. Oh, I have plans. Okay. That sounds good and we look forward to hearing what those plans are. Why'd you say we? Okay. Well, I meant, you know, the populace, the people who listen. Um, not oh, really yes. the royal. Well, you can send any questions or comments about this particular episode or episodes in the past to backworldoracle at gmail.com. I'm sure, you know, if you send something to me about you being in love with Donovan, I'll be sure to forward it on to his email so he can <laughs> see that and, you know, get a big ego about it. Uh, you can like the show on Facebook or follow it on Twitter at Backroll to Oracle. Don may soon get a Twitter as well. Who knows what his handle will be? I think probably Don Amar. I think Asian Love Muffin is what I was thinking. Is that what you call me? <laughs> Only to my closest friends. Uh. The Asian Love Muffin. Like the Batman Universe on Facebook as well and follow it on Twitter. And once again, thanks to My High Comics for sponsoring Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Again, Don, such a pleasure. Do you want to give our special sign-off? Kiss your daughters, race lovers. Oh, yes. Just plain Barbara Gordon, masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling dare doll... Love a happy ending, don't you? Well, absolutely related to this podcast, what would you do if someone sent you a stripper pole as a gift? A pole, just not a stripper, <laughs> just a pole? <laughs> yeah, it's just a pole. Like, it was like, you know, to Donovan from Mysterious Person, in here lies pole used by stripper. Yeah. I would I would say, Mom, where's the, the, the dis- disinfectant? <laughs> I would wear plastic gloves huh? and the, uh, like, like those, like, uh, those uh, medical masks. Oh, yeah. And ch- check it for, you know. <laughs> I know you're recording this, so I, I, I ought to watch my language. <laughs> well, for some reason, Josh Bertoni, like, someone keeps trying to give him a, a stripper pole for a gift. What? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I've already seen too much of Bertoni than I, than I ever thought I would. Well, it's a, he keeps saying no, but they say that, or this person who wants to give it to him says that, you know, it, he could entertain with it. He could give it to somebody else. It, like it could be a, a pass me on. I don't know. But I just is, is it like one of those like, like like exercise like a stripper kind of things? 
Um, I mean, I assume any stripper pole could be used in that way as well. Uh, uh, what I would you really do? I, I, I think it's more prevalent. Well, I'd be well, pretty maybe. put off by it, honestly. It, it would honestly depend on... It Probably the only two people that I would not be upset that I got it from and I would laugh about would be you and him. What about but Dustin? I know... No! Why would <laughs> Stella, I want you to start dancing. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I'd leave the podcast. <laughs> that, would, that would be very controversial. It, yeah, probably. Um, I, I mean, if someone sent me a stripper pole, that would just be just questionable. It's like, like, did like, was there supposed to be a, a person next attached to this? No, we, we, I don't know. Like, would you want me to use this for combat? You want me to start dancing and film myself crying as I do it? I don't <laughs> know. Crying? Gosh, that'd be a terrible video. <laughs> Where it's it's um, oh, my dog's coughing. Yeah, let me get her out. That's here. your dog? Yeah, she's in having this kind of cough. Um, that sounds awful, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Lay down, girl. Lay down. Anyway, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm super depressed. <laughs> Hopefully that will make the cut. Will <laughs> not or will. Um, <laughs> um, where – oh, come on. Stop crawling. Where uh, – <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be bad. <laughs> where he's going after her in the motorcycle and like he – was it – oh, there she goes again. <laughs> Let me get her. Oh, Baby Jane, you must leave. <laughs> She's a sick dog. She's an old dog. Uh, go on, girl. Uh, uh, Dad's Rub home. Some, like, uh, what's that called? Vicks Vapor Rub on her chest. We actually had a few, have a humidifier. Oh, she doesn't want to leave. Here, <laughs> 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 Jane, I'm not. Ch- I'm literally chasing her. Here, Jane. Go, go. <laughs> Go. This is terrible. Go, 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 go. She almost ran under the bed. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, if she starts scratching on the door, I'll just firebomb it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like being disturbed. So. Okay, so. You don't like being disturbed? Why do you hang out with Joshua Bertoni? Yeah, I'm, I'm re- reevaluating it. <laughs> um, so. She was crying because she was hungry. Oh. Which she has no right to do. No dog <laughs> has a right to be fed. Oh, dear. 
I'll kill her myself. Peta's gonna get on you. I'll kill Peta. Feed them with dog food. Okay. Um, and she comes again. One night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I knew this was going to come. I knew this one was going to come. Because that little girl... What's going on? She came in the door. Well, I know that. What's happening? I'm taking her out again. I'm taking her out. Okay. Go. Beat it. Like Michael Jackson says. Yeah. Go. A.K.A. Ralph Fiennes or Joseph Fiennes. It'll always be Michael Jackson to me. Okay. Ugh. I'm so sorry. It's the most like interrupted podcast ever. Um <laughs> No, I feel like baby James. Um yeah. 